and welcome to episode 23 of the Beauty Business Podcast. This is the show for the health and beauty industry, particularly you independent business owners out there. I'm here to connect you to the people, tools, tips and advice to help get your health and beauty related business to where you want it to be. My name is Adam Chatterley and I'm your host here and I'm on a mission to help mobile therapists, nail technicians, home salons and independent beauty salons, spas and clinics to reach their business goals through simple, practical and focused business information, ideas and strategy. I make it a point not only to tell you what to do, but as far as I can in around a 40 minute podcast, how to get results too. Now, I firmly believe that if you have the right business foundations in place, then running a beauty business can be fun and not fraught. Now, today we're continuing on from where we left off last week, talking all about email, email marketing to be precise, and in particular, how email can help you save huge amounts of time and help grow your business. Now, this may not be quite as exciting a topic as having your own YouTube channel or using Facebook ads or taking over the world with Instagram stories, but... Email is something that we all now have fairly easy access to and has become kind of the de facto method of low-priced mass communication. But it does come with some challenges. So in today's episode, I share how to turn the simple email marketing calendar that you created in last week's episode into a full six-month calendar, plus adding in another level of segmentation, but I show you how to do all of this without creating yourself loads of work. Now, I also share the anatomy of the perfect marketing email and some tips on getting your emails past those pesky spam filters and in front of the eyeballs of your clients. Now, just to remind you, there is a download for this episode and I'm going to encourage you to go and grab it because it contains some worksheets which not only will help explain some of the things that I'm talking about, but using a couple of the worksheets, I will actually help you plan the perfect marketing email and help you to create that email marketing plan for your business. So to get the worksheets, go to www.beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 23. Right, let's pick up from where I left you last week. Okay, so last week's episode, uh, we left off just as we had created uh, a fairly basic three-month marketing calendar for our emails. And I wanted to do that just for three months because it seems like a very manageable amount of time. And I wanted to show you that whilst it looks like you're sending a lot of emails out over that period, actually it's only about six or seven different emails with maybe a few tweaks in place. And you can also set those all up in a few hours on your email software, set the scheduling on your email software and simply have your email software send them for you. So once it's done, you can actually forget about it for the rest of the year. Now, once you've got your head around that kind of more basic calendar, I then want you to have a look at, uh, which is included in the same download pack. I decided to include all of the downloads all in one so you had them to, to look at. But also in the download pack, I'd created uh, the start of an email calendar, slightly more complex one for next year, which also includes um, segmenting and also a theme. Now, this is technically adding an extra level of complexity to the emails, but I actually find that it makes things easier. So this is based on an actual uh, email calendar that I put together for one of my coaching clients. And simply what we did was we just came up with a fairly sensible theme for each month of the year. 
And if you look at the download that's available, you'll see it's headed 2018 and you'll see the different emails that we put in there. Um, but we created a theme for each month. So for example, January, we'd headed as weight loss. So everyone's just had the holidays. Everyone's thinking, you know, I maybe ate a bit too much food over Christmas and they're thinking about maybe getting in shape. So we'd made January month weight loss month. And then all we did was for each different type of client, we essentially wrote a similar email or used the same base email, but then just slightly tweaked how we were talking to them about that subject of weight loss in a slightly different way that made sense for them. And then in February, for example, um, we looked at skincare. In March, we looked at makeup. In April, we looked at massage. And, and so we had a bit of a theme. We already had a plan of what we were going to write about for that month. And then we simply went away and we wrote those emails, uh, loaded them all up into our email software, and then that was taken care of us for the year. Now, what will be really interesting is when you look at this sheet, it looks like there are absolutely tons of emails that you need to write, but there are actually only 16 different emails here. It looks like there's loads of them that cover the entire first half of the year, but there's actually only 16 of them. And the reason there's so few is because, again, we take an email, we take a main body of an email that we write, and then we simply tweak a couple of lines in it that just make it slightly more relevant to that particular segment of client. So it makes life a lot easier having that calendar. But now you've got your calendar, we need to look at how you create the perfect email. Now, in the last episode, I talked about calls to action, and it really is true that every email you send should have one call to action, and it should only have one call to action. If you give people too many things to do in an email, it will genuinely confuse them, and they'll end up doing less of them rather than more. So you want to make sure you've just got one very clear call to action, one thing that you want someone to do whenever you send an email out. But in order to get that call to action in front of their eyeballs, First of all, you need to get the email opened and then you need to get the email read. So I'm going to show you how you increase your chances of that happening. Now, I'm going to try and explain this, but again, it does make sense a bit more if you have the download in front of you. So I'm going to talk about the anatomy of the perfect marketing email. So first of all, the first most important thing is the email address itself. Obviously, if you haven't taken the time to take people's email addresses correctly and accurately, then it doesn't matter how good your email is, it's not going to get to them because you got their email address wrong. Now, the second most important thing is your subject line. Now, like I said before, people get 100 emails a day or, there or thereabouts. So if someone's not looked at their email for a while and they look and suddenly there's 30 emails in there, they're not going to quickly look at each one of them. They're just going to scan the title uh, or the subject line and decide whether they like it within a couple of seconds. So what you need to do is you need to make that subject line something really interesting, something really compelling so that your email isn't one of those that gets deleted. It's one of those that the person clicks on and has a little bit more of a look to see what's going on in there. So that makes sense that the first paragraph, the first few lines of the email, are then the next most important thing. So you've you've got through the barriers of you've got your email address correct, so you've got it into their inbox. You've got a really compelling and interesting subject line, so they've not deleted your email. They've actually gone, oh, I might have a look at that. Then the first thing they're going to do is they're going to quickly scan the first couple of lines to, again, make sure it's something that they're interested in. 
So the next thing that's important after that is the call to action. Now, I'm not saying that's the next thing that needs to be in the email. That's basically the next in most important thing. So you've got through those barriers of email address, subject, and first paragraph. Now you need to make sure that whatever it is that you want the clients to do is clearly called out on the email. And the next thing that's important is obviously the body. If it's not got a, a useful information in the email, people are going to dismiss it quite quickly. And it's also going to have an effect on how they uh, view your future emails. Because if they kind of know that you've got a habit of creating really interesting subject lines and maybe even good first paragraphs, but then the actual content of the email itself isn't any good, then they're just going to skip over it next time. Next most important thing is something called the postscript. Now, this is a little bit of a, a current tactic that people are using, but it works really, really well. So the postscript is the is a couple of lines that you can put on the email underneath your signature. And the reason that this works really well, and it's often a great place to sneak your call to action or at least repeat your call to action. Because if people have read all the way to the bottom of your email and got to your signature, it means that they really like what they've been reading. But by the time they get to the bottom, there's people's kind of defenses are a little bit down and they sort of think, oh, I've got to the bottom of this email. That was really interesting. So if you sneak a little couple of lines in at the bottom um, and put your call to action in there, they're actually really, really likely to click on that because they've seen that you've delivered some value in the email. They've seen that it was interesting and now they're quite happy to go, yeah, I'm going to click on that because you've told me to. Next most important thing is the signature. You want to make this clear. You want to see who it's come from. You don't want it just to be from your business. People like to receive email from people. So do make sure you use either your name or the name of one of your team members if the email has been put together by them. Finally, after that, you've got an image. Now, image is an interesting one. You want to have an image in an email so that it looks a bit more interesting. People don't necessarily like just text-based emails but they do like an email to look like an email and not like a great big web page because that's clearly a marketing email. So make your emails look like an email would normally look if you were sending it to a friend, but do put an image in there because it just makes it a bit more interesting to look at, but don't use too many images. And finally, you want to include your social links in there as well. You want to make it as easy for people to follow you around as possible. So if you do do a lot of posting on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or anything like that, make sure you've got simple links to get to your profiles at the bottom of your email so people can keep up with what you're doing. So again, like I say, if you look at the download, I've actually got the layout of an email and I've listed all those items from one to nine and how they all fit together to make up the perfect email. Now, to prove that I'm not making this up, um, an interesting survey I found on the web recently shows that in every survey that's been done on the subject, when people are actually asked the question of whether they prefer what's called HTML emails, which is basically kind of the newsletter style email that's all very nicely laid out and basically looks like a, a web page that's been emailed to you. They always say they prefer HTML emails. But when you've every study that's been done has looked at the actual stats over the last three years, it shows that actually simple text-based emails with a single image in them actually perform much better. So it's really interesting what people say they prefer, but actually what people click on and read are two completely different things. Now, when it comes to subject lines themselves, as I said, these are super important because these are the reason that people either read your email or certainly open your email or just delete it straight away. Now, there are books and courses and whole job descriptions based around 
writing fantastic subject lines. And I've only got a couple of minutes here, but I do have a couple of really great tools for you. So first of all, when writing subject lines, you want to make them short and snappy. Um, you want to make them interesting to read, but you want to communicate the point of what the email is about very, very quickly. It shouldn't be an explanation of the email. It should be just a quick, snappy, interesting, attention-grabbing thing that does actually relate to the email. You want it to be a bit fun if that fits your brand as well. You don't want it to be just serious. People like to be entertained when it comes to email. Make it a bit cheeky if that fits with your brand. That's always a good way to grab people's attention. You can personalize subject lines as well. Um, if you do use email software, it's possible to actually put the client's name in the subject line. And that I find it a bit strange personally, but um, the results show that it does actually increase open rate. So you can put people's names in there. And another thing that's been used recently is using emojis in the subject line. It does make subject lines stand out, but interestingly, there's a, there's a very clear split on whether this increases or decreases your open rates. And very roughly, if your ideal client is between 18 and 43 uh, in terms of age, it increases their likelihood of opening the email. Whereas if your clients are generally between the ages of 43 and 65, it actually decreases their likelihood of opening the email, which is quite interesting. Now, if you want a really quick way to test whether uh, a subject line that you've come up with is good or not, there's a tool that you can find on the web. It's totally free. And if you go to uh, co-schedule.com forward slash headline hyphen analyzer, or if you just Google headline analyzer, it'll probably find it for you. So this is a website called co-schedule. And what it will do is it will allow you to basically type in your subject line for your email and click a button that says analyze now. And it will actually then give you a score um, of how good an email uh, subject line that is compared to, I think, millions and millions of subject lines that they've actually analyzed. And better than just giving you a score, it will actually tell you why it's good or why it's bad and the things that you need to look at to fix it. So it's it's not 100%. You know, it's not going to necessarily allow you to create the world's best email subject line, but it will certainly give you some hints and tips on how to improve yours. So that's a really good tool just there. Now, one of the best mass email campaign open rates in history was a subject line that simply was just the word hey and then two dots. Now, this was actually used in Barack Obama's uh, Change You Can Believe In campaign when he was running for president in 2012. Um, and it had an enormous open rate and that was sent out to literally millions and millions of people. Unfortunately, people do cotton on to these things quite quickly and that's now been used by pretty much every marketer in the world and its effectiveness has actually gone down. But it's something you could try. You know, it's something interesting. It's something a bit, it's got curiosity in there. So, you know, give that type of thing a try as well. So let's plan out your email together. So using the information I've given you, you can now plan out your layout of your email. And if you are using email software, you can upload it into your email software. Now, a tip that I will give you when it comes to starting writing an email like this is to simply just start writing. Just start writing anything. There's almost nothing worse than staring at a blank screen with just a flashing cursor on there and wondering what on earth you should write. So what I actually do, if I'm really struggling to write any sort of email and I'm just kind of putting it off and you know going and doing absolutely everything other than writing the email, what I'll often do is I'll literally just start writing whatever comes into my head 
even if it's nothing related to the email itself. Um, but I'll just start typing away on the keyboard and that just gets you kind of in the flow of writing. And then gradually you'll start to, to think about what the message is that you're wanting to put out there and you'll start writing something. And even if you end up deleting most of what you write, it, it just gets your mind flowing and it, it genuinely does work. And now, I said I'd give you some advice on how to get past things like the spam filters. And there are, um, there's no hard and fast rule about this, but I've put into the downloadable here a list of all the different things that you should think about when it comes to spam filters and avoiding them. And very, very quickly, I'll quickly go through these. And first of all, first up, the number one thing is you need to use a good email service provider. You can use, there's lots of them out there. There's free ones and all sorts of things. But I would recommend that you use a good one like MailChimp, like ActiveCampaign. There's lots of those out there, but do do your research. These systems make their money on making sure people's emails get to where they need to be. So they put a lot of time eff effort into making sure that their emails um, are formatted correctly and they give you advice about what you've put in your email to make sure that they help you get it through spam filters. Other things you can do is avoid using these words in the subject line. Words like sale, superlatives like perfect, good, wonderful. Words like donate, help, assistance, using too many numbers in your subject line, using the, the phrase OMG, using hashtags in your subject line, um, trying to fake things like forward uh, email, uh, emails that have been forwarded or emails that have been responded to, that will definitely get you uh, spammed straight away. Um, putting subject lines that are in all capitals, using the word report, using the word webinar, using the word book, which is slightly annoying for us, um, using the word learn, um, getting something wrong in the subject line. So let's say you were trying to personalize it and put someone's name in there, but instead of the name, it just says something like insert name here. That will actually get you blocked as well. Using the wrong name, um, it will actually <laughs> have an effect on you as well. Um, using improper use of um, exclamation marks, question marks and colons will potentially get you attention that you don't want. Um, putting things in brackets in subject lines as well, that's kind of frowned upon. Using too many emojis will actually uh, get you looked at by spam filters. And I'm sure you wouldn't do this, but using swear words in your subject line will certainly get you banned for sure. Some other little things for you to know about is First of all, images with a single image increase the click rate over an email with no images. But interestingly, for every additional image after that first one, it slightly decreases the click through rate. So the perfect number of images to use is one. Uh, some basic personalization increases clicks by up to 62%. When I say basic personalization, I mean things like putting your client's correct name at the top of the email, which again, you can do automatically with your email software and some form of simple segmentation, as we've already talked about. Another thing is that 86% of consumers say that the perfect email send rate for a business that they know is once a month. So if you're looking at sending out emails to people once a month, people tend to find that their preference. But interestingly, 15% of customers said that they'd quite be happy to receive an email from a business that they like and follow and visit daily. But I'm not going to suggest you do that because that would be a hell of a lot of work. And 78% of unsubscribes are down to too many emails. So you need to be wary of exactly how many you're sending out. Personally, like I've said on the calendar, 
I would make sure you're sending out at least one email a month to every segment of your list and to certain segments that make sense. For example, the warm uh, clients, to them, I'd be sending two emails a month. Now, a lot of people keep asking me what's the best time to send an email. Now, I've done a lot of research into this from all the different studies and stats online, and there's lots of different variables about your type of business and your clients and all that kind of thing. But if you want one simple rule, then send out your emails on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. If you do that in your time zone, that's, generally speaking, the time that's going to get you the most reads of your emails. How do we know that our emails are actually working? Well, one of the great things and one of the best reasons to use decent email software is tracking. Now, whenever you send an email out, you'll immediately be able to look at reports on whatever system it is that you use. Um, it should be easy to find. MailChimp make this dead easy. Active campaign to make it dead easy. And I'm sure all the others do as well. But you'll immediately be able to see not only how many emails were sent, but you'll see how many successfully got delivered, how many um, didn't make it to where they were going to. And that can be for a number of reasons. And a lot of the systems will actually give you information on that as well. It can be for things like um, you had someone's business email address and they've left that business and that email address has been shut down. It could be um, there was no such email address, so you accidentally had the wrong email address for them. It can be that you maybe did get bounced by a spam filter and it didn't let it through. All sorts of different reasons, but it's interesting and useful information to know. You'll also be able to see who opened your email and how many emails were opened and also who clicked on your email and what they clicked on. So it's really valuable stuff. And what you should do is just take this information and use it to improve your future emails. Now, again, if you look in the downloads that I've put on here, I've put an example of one of these reports from an email campaign that I sent out from my own systems. I'm not necessarily saying this is a great one. I'm just simply putting it in there to illustrate my point. But what it will say is um, it will show how many got opened, how many got clicked, how many were caused people to unsubscribe. And don't worry about that. That will happen. Um, and more importantly, it will help me to know how to improve my emails over time. Now, in terms of tracking, what I would encourage you to do is as much as you are sending these emails out and you occasionally look at these reports, I want you to actually, each time you send an email out, I want you to take a few pieces of information from a couple of days after you send it and put that into a tracking sheet. Now, again, I've created a free tracking sheet um, that you can download. It's in Microsoft Excel format. Um, but I believe you can open it in any spreadsheet uh, type program. A lot of them you can get for free. I think Google uh, Spreadsheets is free that you can download from the web. Um, but in there, that will actually allow you to track some basic information, simply taking it from your reports from your email system, because information from your email system is actually most valuable if you look at it over a period of time. So for example, this tracking sheet, it allows you to track your list size on a monthly basis, which should be increasing. It allows you to track your segment sizes, which again, over time should be increasing. It allows you to track your uh, unsubscribe rate, which is going to keep happening. And usually it's it's going to remain constant. Ideally, you want it to be decreasing. But what you certainly don't want happening is you don't want your unsubscribe rate increasing because that would basically indicate that the emails you're sending out are actually getting worse and, and people aren't finding the value in them. So that's an important thing you want to keep an eye on. Now, open rate and click rate, you obviously want them to be at least remaining constant 
or if possible, increasing. And again, that means that you're getting better at the emails that you're sending out. If they start to decrease, again, that's a bit of a warning sign that maybe you need to refocus your efforts on your email. Now, as a real pro tip here, if you're sending out emails for a particular promotion, what the tracking sheet will also allow you to do is it will allow you to track how many emails you sent out and how much revenue you actually generated from those emails. So that's an important thing as well. When you are doing really good promotional emails around a certain promotion, you can actually use your, your tracking sheet to find out how much money your email list got you in, which at the end of the day is an important thing. So that's kind of it for this episode. I know I've flown through quite a lot of things here. What I would encourage you to do is if you have any questions, please do ask them in the comments uh, section on the show notes page. But if I can leave you with a few final tips on the subject of email, first of all, you need to maximize your content. So you're spending a lot of time probably um, putting out social media posts and writing maybe blog post articles, maybe some little help guides, things like that. Don't reinvent the wheel. If you're sending out email marketing campaigns as well, use that stuff that you're already writing for your blog and for your um, articles and anything like that and use that to actually form the content within your emails. You've already done it. You've already created that information. So use those in your emails. I also want you to, to encourage you to send every email twice. I didn't really have time to go into this. If it's something that you want to learn how to do, do let me know and I will create um, another little, say, video on how to do this. But I would say send every email twice. And what I mean by this is like I just showed you in the reports, you can actually see who opened, but more importantly, who didn't open any email. Now, that can be for a number of reasons. It's not necessarily that there's something wrong with your email. It could just be that your email happened to fall into their email account along with 30 other emails. And because they just needed to clear that out quickly, they just deleted the email. So I would say you, a few days after an email campaign has been sent, you instruct your email system to resend that same email to anyone who didn't open it. Now, it's not necessarily going to mean that that gets through to everyone, but it's certainly going to mean it gets through to more people. And because you've already written the email, resending it again takes just a few seconds. In fact, your email system can do it automatically. So send every email twice. Number three tip that I have for you in this last bit is to be consistent. It's almost more important that you send out regular emails than you send out lots of emails. So if you really are struggling on time and you find sending emails difficult, then set yourself a target of sending one every couple of months just to start with, but make sure it's consistent. I'd rather you send one like clockwork every two months than trying to send one every month and kind of failing on every two months out of three. The next tip is to track the results and learn from them. So I've, I've made available for you the free tracking sheet. So do fill in these details every time you send an email campaign out and don't just fill it in and then save it and don't look at it. Make sure you're actually taking the information that's on there and using it to help make your future emails better. Now, the next tip I give you is to use the right tools. I have banged on here about um, using email software and I really can't say this enough. It's very, very low cost. It can be... Um, like I said, if you use MailChimp and you just want to use the basic features, it's free. I would say that you do want to look at doing segmentation from the start. So I'd look at some slightly better software, certainly some software that makes doing segmentation a bit easier. Active campaign, like I say, is a really good recommendation. Um, and I think I pay, I've got quite a big list of people and I think I pay something like $15 a month. So that's 
around about 10 or 12 pounds a month. So it really is a fairly small amount of money for the power and the capability and the time that it can save you. And finally, I would say continue to learn. You know, email, just like what you do with social media, is constantly evolving. What I've told you today, what works today, isn't necessarily what's going to work a year from now. You know, the, the basic concepts are, you know, the email calendar and sending emails and that kind of thing. But when it comes to um, the stats on, say, using emojis or using people's names, things like that are going to change over time. So keep looking at podcasts and videos and articles and go on courses and attend workshops and get yourself involved in masterminds. Now, that's going to be easy for me to say as someone who runs podcasts and courses, but I'm not saying just look at mine. There are some other fantastic courses and podcasts out there. Like I said right at the beginning of the uh, previous podcast episode, this whole um presentation was actually put together for a mastermind group that I worked on with Phil Jackson from Build Your Salon. And if you are a hair salon owner, I would absolutely recommend checking out his website, um, which is, I believe, buildyoursalon.com um, for some additional excellent advice. Okay, that's everything from me for this episode. I hope you found that really useful and interesting. Um, I have flown through things, so if there are any questions, if there's anything that you've got that you'd like to ask me, that's what the comment notes on the show notes page is for. Thank you very much for listening. Okay, I hope that two-part mini-series has given you a lot to think about when it comes to how you are currently using email in your business and how you can level up not only your email, but all of your marketing efforts. Now, just quickly, if you enjoyed this episode, if it's piqued your interest in using your email to help grow your business and to save you time, then please pop over to iTunes, look up the podcast page and leave me an honest rating and review. It helps me to know that I'm producing useful and insightful episodes and I believe it helps other independent beauty business owners to find the podcast and to benefit from it too. So I'll be back in a week. I hope you will join me. Have a fantastic week until then. Bye for now.